Welcome to the special episode of CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with Roland Warren, CareNet's president and CEO, and Vincent DeCaro, CareNet's chief outreach officer. CareCast and more pro-abundant life commentary can be found at care-net.org, where you can watch videos, download eBooks, and subscribe to the Abundant Life blog. This special episode of CareCast was recorded live at CareNet's 2022 National Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. The conference theme was Come Alive, based on Ezekiel 37. It was our first ever conference to be hosted in the aftermath of the Dobbs decision, which overturned Roe v. Wade. More than 1,600 pregnancy center staff and volunteers gathered to sharpen their skills for reaching out with Christ's compassion to women and men considering abortion. One of our keynote speakers was Allie Beth Stuckey, the host of the podcast Relatable, where she breaks down the latest in culture, news, and politics from a Christian, conservative perspective. She is a frequent guest on Fox News, a writer, and the author of You're Not Enough, and That's Okay. Rollins sat down with Allie during the conference to chat about her work and her keynote address to our attendees. Let's listen in on Rollins and Allie's conversation. Allie, welcome to the 2022 CareNet Conference. So delighted that you could join us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Now, you just gave your keynote. We yes, had 1,600 folks in the audience, yes, well received. You almost couldn't get through it because so much applause and people amening you. So it was great. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what you shared with with our audience? Yes. So I know that pro-lifers are super excited about living in a post-Roe America. We've been celebrating. We've been thanking God. But also we realize that our work as ever is cut out for us, not just in the number of patients of women who are coming into these pregnancy clinics, but also just in the political atmosphere that we're in. Now, pro-lifers understand pushback. They yeah. have had pushback for a very long time. They've dealt with the, you know, the the slander or the different kinds of political obstacles that they have to jump over in order to just do their jobs and care for women. But now it seems even more heightened. We're dealing yeah. with a lot of opposition, even vandalism, arson, threats of violence, all kinds of media hit pieces. You even have politicians saying that they're trying to shut down pregnancy centers. And so there is a new level, I think, of opposition that a lot of pro-lifers and especially those that work at pregnancy centers are seeing. So I really just wanted, as so many of the speakers here have done really well over the past couple of days, I just wanted to encourage them yeah. just to reinvigorate them, to remind them what they already know, that this is gospel work, that it echoes in eternity, and that this world is passing away. What we do today matters, but what matters so much more is eternity. Our hope is Amen in heaven, our identity is in Christ, and therefore, any pushback or persecution that Christians receive in this life, when it is for the glory of God, yeah. it's all transient. And it all pales in comparison uh, to the goodness that God is working out through his believers in the lives of these babies and moms. So I just wanted to remind the people in this room that, hey, it's worth it. God is on your side. You can do it. Keep going. Be more energized than ever in what you're doing. Um, it will pay off both here, but also in eternity. Well, that was fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you, you and I talked a little bit before yes. you came to conference, but I didn't know I didn't know exactly what you were going to talk about. Yeah, but you trusted key, me. Thank you. Trust you. Thank you. Well, you know, you're a trained professional. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting because, you know, my what God had kind of put on my heart was really the Beatitudes. And that's yeah. what I talked about. And, of course, one of those is blessed when you're persecuted yeah. for righteousness sake. And I really wanted to encourage folks because this is righteous work. Yes. It's righteous Amen. work in terms of uh, preserving life. It's righteous work in terms of helping people yes. uh, become disciples of Jesus Christ. And so yes. I really appreciate how you built all that. God was just working through all of that yeah. in terms of that. That's really fantastic. 
Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about like where does your passion for the life yeah. issue come from? Yes, yeah, so I've always been pro-life, at least as long as I can remember. I was raised in a Christian home, I was raised in a conservative home, so that was always a value that I had. However, when I was in high school, politics isn't really something that we talked about. Today it's different. With social media, a lot of young people are talking about things like abortion. They're talking about politics, and so it wasn't really something that I was paying attention to until I went to college. I was confronted with a lot of different worldviews. Yeah. I was confronted more than I had been with the reality of evil, with the reality of sin and when I kind of realized how invigorated the other side was the pro-choice side and how a lot of my friends who even identified as Christians were kind of being manipulated by a lot of the propaganda on the other side thinking well the empathetic or the compassionate or the loving position is to just say well you know live and let live or it doesn't really matter it's not a real human. I mean, and these are girls who were raised the same way that I was. And when I kind of realized in college how women were being deceived by this kind of propaganda, uh, along with a lot of other things, I mean, that's really why I started my blog, which launched into a full-on career, just seeing a lot of young people my age be manipulated by the media in a variety of ways. But especially when it came to abortion, this life and death issue, this issue on which the Bible is so clear, it breaks my heart, especially when professing Christians get it wrong. Maybe they intend well, but at the end of the day, I mean, this has physical ramifications on the lives of children. Um, And so I guess it's, you know, it's, it's grown over time, just like my interest in a lot of issues. You also, when you have kids of your own, and when you mature as an adult, when you mature in your faith, your heart starts to break even more for what breaks God's heart. When you see the child growing in your own womb, it becomes a lot more personal to you. So that has been true in my life over the past five or so years. And so here I am. Yeah, I well, am. that's fantastic. And we're just delighted to have you as a warrior on, the, well, on this you. issue. And, you know, I'm an older person <laughs> than you are by probably pretty big stretch but you know it I just get so encouraged when I see people your age out there speaking truth speaking boldly yes. in the public square and you know I have I have uh, sons in your demographic yeah and it, it's very challenging you it know is. particularly in a culture that um, has the highest human virtue as tolerance yeah right and tolerance being defined in, in a way that you kind very of rejects true truth and any of those kinds of things and being able to stand in the public square and boldly say these things there's a cost that comes with that so i really applaud you for that and appreciate you and praise god for your your boldness there you know it's interesting i really love the title of your book you're not enough and that's okay uh i think it's escaping the toxic culture of self-love yep and i was looking at the the five kind of lies or myths that you that I don't think just women, but you, you focused on women that mm-hmm. women believe. And, you know, I really, as I was thinking about that, I was like, wow, you know, certainly those lies are very much connected into the life issue. And particularly yes. number two, which yeah. is like you create your own truth. Yes. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that, like why yes. you were inspired by that particular myth and then yeah. how you see that relating to this issue. Well, that's a perfect one to bring up because one thing that I say in that chapter 
um, is that you believe that you are your own truth as well as you believing that you're enough, that you're perfect the way you are. Those are some of the other myths that I tackle, but you believe that you are the arbiter of truth when you replace the God of scripture with the God of self. Mm. And there are two main values of the God of self that I think are especially applicable or you can see they manifest themselves the most in this abortion issue. I argue that the two main values of the God of self are authenticity and autonomy. Ah. Now we hear those words and we might not necessarily think of them as bad and they're not. Mm -hmm. Of course, we believe that someone should have autonomy over a lot of the choices that they make, of course. We believe in authenticity in the sense that we don't believe anyone should lie or try to be something that they're not. But authenticity and autonomy, when they are not submitted to Christ, they become excuses to do whatever you want to do, wow. no matter who else or what else you are sacrificing. So authenticity, when you say that I am going to do what I want to do, I'm going to be whatever I want to be, I'm going to identify however I want to identify, no matter what reality says, no matter what science says, no matter what anyone else says, I'm just going to be authentic. If that means cutting people out of my life, if that means, you know, dying, uh, denying the biological reality, male and female, whatever it is. When authenticity is your main value, not submitted to Christ, it becomes an excuse to sin. And the same thing is true of autonomy. While autonomy certainly has its place in society and a place in an individual's life, when autonomy reigns supreme, when it is not submitted to Christ, you will even sacrifice a child on the altar of it. I mean, that's what we hear, bodily autonomy, my body, my choice. Yes, absolutely. So when you become your own God and autonomy rules, you'll sacrifice everyone else on the altar of that. Yeah, and you know, that is just so amazingly powerful, your insight on, on, on that, because you know, any, any virtue, right, so autonomy, is a virtue in a sense, right? And, and, and certainly authenticity is, yeah. a, is, is, a, is a virtue, right? Yeah. But any virtue separated from God becomes yes. a vice. Yes. And, and you know, one of the things I was really um, inspired by when I first started doing this work was where the, the abortion issue, that it, it really is sort of this autonomy, my body, my choice, yeah. which outside of God's design creates enmity, conflict yeah. between the woman and the child, the woman and the father, the woman and society, and the woman against God. And the contrast that we see in scripture to a autonomy and enmity is actually unity and community, yes. which is what you see in the Godhead. Yes. And you also see that in the process of bringing children into the world, the woman and the child, unity and community. She yes. gives birth, the, the father's part of that process, unity and community. And so we have these two things. And once you take God out of it, you, you, you're always going to have that situation where it's going to be something that God certainly creates in a way that can yeah. be a virtue, like empowerment, yes. right? becomes a vice when you take God out of it. Or confidence yeah. or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that's really kind of the, the driving point of my book because the, the title can be a little bit jarring for people. You're not enough. Really? Is that what we should be? <laughs> it's so countercultural. Yeah, is that really what we should be telling people? But the yeah. point is not that you should be self-loathing or that you should have a low self-esteem. The point is that you are not enough, but God is like we were yes. created fallible we were created finite we were created to depend on god not just for our strength and our sustenance but also for our salvation so if you think that you are self-sufficient like you kind of 
uh, alluded to just this hyper individualism that we've taken on as a culture yeah. today. If you believe that, you will be bearing a weight, a heavy weight that only God himself has the ability to carry. So even though all these things that we hear, that you're perfect the way you are, you're enough how you are, you determine your own truth, you're entitled to anything uh, that you want, you can't love anyone else until you are fully confident in your own self. All of these things might sound good, but really they are telling you that you are God. There's a lot of freedom, a lot of liberation and realizing that you're not. You can't save yourself. You're not enough for yourself. You're not enough for other people, but God is. And you know, kind of going back and sort of ending where where I started in terms of the Beatitudes, that's one of the Beatitudes in the sense that Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for yes. righteousness. In other words, yeah, you need you, you're needy. You're not enough. Yeah. Right. You're, you're yeah. not enough. You need righteousness. It's yes. not hungering and thirsting for happiness. Right. It's righteousness. That right relationship with God. The Great absence point. of of sin uh, that connects there. So I, I just I just love that, and yeah. I, I really want to encourage folks to get a copy of your of the, you. your book, even if they're not women. I'm going to say yes. And I know it's a little pink <laughs> book, and so the guy who sees it. Well, I'm going to have to get a like, cover for it. You know. The, kind of do that maybe yeah. get some 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 I don't know some camo or something yeah 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 but yeah just, maybe we'll have to we'll have to start selling some camo book covers <laughs> or something like that but true it is applicable for both guys and girls I'm a girl so I wrote from that perspective yeah. um but yes you're right this is something that a lot of people struggle with no matter what great so as we close up just you know a, a word of encouragement for you for for the folks that are that are listening to this particularly those who are in this pro-life fight right yeah. we, here at Karen we talk about being pro abundant life based on John yeah. 10 10 what would you say you know just to encourage our, our folks that are listening to this this podcast in the, in the days that we we face ahead yeah so just to kind of reiterate what I talked about in my speech and what we mentioned at the beginning of our conversation is that this work is worth it inherent in the Christian life is tribulation yeah. struggle trials disappointment rejection, hostility from the world. These are all things that we are told in scripture and by Jesus himself that are not just possibilities, but are actually guarantees. And so we should not be surprised when these trials come. We should not be surprised when the world doesn't like us, when there is hostility, when there is pushback, when there are forms of persecution. That doesn't mean we take on some sort of victim complex. Actually, we are victors in Christ. Romans 8 tells us that we are more than conquerors in him who loved us. So knowing that, knowing that God is on our side, so who can really be against us because there is no match for him? Because we can know in full and total confidence that we are on the right side of this, that God is on our side, and that the work that we're doing matters in eternity. We have every reason to wake up with joy, with energy, and to fight the good fight that God has called you to. And so, gosh, I mean, we never thought that Roe v. Wade would be overturned in 50 years. We never thought that. And God is so good and he's so gracious. So just think about the seeds that you are sowing now and what that could reap 50 years from now. You never know what God is doing with our current obedience. So do the next right thing in faith with excellence and for the glory of God. That's all we can do. And and that's enough. Yes, that's enough. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Allie, for being a part of this this event and just your words of wisdom and perspective that you brought to all of us. Yes, sir. Thank And thanks to all of you out there in CareCast land for listening to this podcast. Blessings to you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of CareCast. For more Pro Abundant Life commentary and practical resources, please visit care-net.org. 
There you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, ebooks, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro-life passion into pro-abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses you and yours daily.